This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, and from Boca Raton, Florida, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, December 21st. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who's just looking for Jim McMahon and Clay Brown in the next vacation hotspot. His name is Jerem Jordan. What's up? Okay, crazy stuff, right? Uh, Jim McMahon is in Cabo, and it's the 40-year anniversary of the Miracle Bowl. And he tweets, of all the people I could bump to into on the anniversary of the Miracle Bowl, I see my buddy who caught the ball, Clay Brown, happened to be here in Cabo. Are you kidding me? That's incredible, almost as incredible as the comeback, the throw, the catch. Uh, Jim's shirt is very fun as well. But uh, cool for them to find each other in Cabo. Are you kidding me? Incredible. I mean, what are the chances? It's almost like they planned the vacation, but it's better if they didn't plan it. So let's just keep on thinking that. Yeah, just insane, man. And, uh, yeah, great to be here in Florida. Uh, Obviously, uh, you're on Baby Watch, so I'm subbing in for you here. So best of luck to the Lintons uh, this week, the next couple days, of course. A big event in your life and, uh, of course, Brittany's life, of course. So, yeah, BYU down here. They got down here yesterday. We got down around the same time. BYU's actually staying up in Jupiter, which is about 30 to 45 minutes north of uh, the FAU Stadium where they'll play the game. So along the coast there, only in, about an hour away from Miami. So BYU trying to win in Florida for the first time. Kappa season off with a win against a good UCF team who's only – about two and a half hours away, so here we go. Game day eve, man. 75 degrees and sunny in Florida, just how it should be for a bowl game and the reward for this BYU football team. Here's your Monday show lineup. Did you pay attention to what happened with the college football playoff committee yesterday and when they revealed the final CFP rankings? The outrage is real for people. We're going to react to it. Where does BYU fit into this, and why did BYU get brought up to the commissioner of or the Head of the group, Gary Barda. BYU senior safety Troy Warner goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan, as does running back Tyler Algier, plus our prop picks recap over the weekend as we push ahead to another wheel of consequence spin. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops defeats number 18 San Diego State 72-62 in Viejas Arena, led by Alex Barcelos, 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. BYU won this game. This was such a massive win. Yeah, baby. Matt Harms had 10 points. Eight rebounds as well. Brandon Abert hit a clutch three with 52 seconds left that really sealed the win. Tonight's a ball night as well. Texas Southern in the house. Tonight, radio pregame at 8 Eastern, BYU TV pregame at 8.30 Eastern. I can't wait to get a call from the family in the middle of the pregame show and say, hey, uh, sorry guys, I gotta go. I gotta go. We're hoping that doesn't happen. Tyler Hawes, get ready. <laughs> he's, he's ready to shoot, Jack. BYU football preparing for UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. That's why Jerem Jordan is hanging out in beautiful Florida. Tomorrow, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on ESPN and BYU Radio. Of note, the Cougars made moves in all three major polls. BYU up to number 16 in the final CFP rankings. BYU also up one spot in the AP poll to number 13 and up one spot in the coaches poll to number 15. The Cougars are the highest ranked team in the entire Western United States. BYU will finish ranked in the AP Top 25 for the first time since 2009, win or lose. 
I don't know why they don't call this the Boca Bowl, by the way. I think that just rolls off the tongue better. Anyway. In the NFL Cougar Bowl, Daniel Sorensen's Chiefs prevailed over Taysom Hill's Saints, although Hill did stiff-arm Daniel Sorensen to the ground. Mm -hmm. We'll discuss how we felt about that later. Harvey Longy and the Jets lost the tank for Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes by winning yesterday against the Rams. What was that all about? Will they draft Zach Wilson instead? We'll discuss the latest mock draft that has Zach Wilson to the Jets later. And Sione Takitaki and the Browns won for the 10th time this year. That's incredible. And listen to this, Jerem. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports reporting that BYU, along with the Sun Belt Conference, were in talks about playing in two bowl games this season, but because of so many teams opting out. Now, that apparently is off the table, but Army needs an opponent. We'll discuss later should BYU pursue something like this. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. College football playoff melee. All oh, the outrage is real, people. We're starting to find out that if BYU had beaten Coastal Carolina and the Cougars had indeed gone undefeated, they might not have made a New Year's Six bowl game. Jerem, what do you think? If BYU had been undefeated and won that epic showdown in Conway, South Carolina against Coastal, would they be in a New Year's Six bowl game as of today? Okay, I was completely wrong on this. I thought BYU would be in position to do that. I thought that the schedule was strong enough, although it's not as strong as uh, playing Power 5 teams and whatnot. The answer is clearly no. I, I don't think they would have been. Coastal Carolina, while they beat a, a couple of good teams, right? They beat a ranked Louisiana, ranked BYU, of course. They, they're not in it either as an at-large. I don't think a group of five is going to get an at-large in the future. I don't, I don't really see it. Independent BYU, I don't think, is in any different situation. I, I don't think so. I, I thought that – I said all season I thought BYU would be comfortable and probably around 10 and be in. But clearly, especially this version of the committee this year, doesn't value uh, the, the non-power fives. I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic, though. I, I don't think we should act like this is like any other year. It's so weird, right? Ohio State played fewer games. Uh, USC, had they beaten Oregon, played fewer games, right? But Oregon won that. So it's totally different this year. But the fact is that Gary Barton mentioned uh, when asked, I think by Chris Vanini, who writes about Group of Five teams for the Athletics, so he's asking you know, on behalf of these teams, essentially, how does a group of five team or, or non-Notre Dame independent get in? And he mentioned BYU needing a team like BYU needing to play the schedule they had, which was six power fives. If you're telling me that you have to play six power fives, that eliminates everybody but BYU, right? Because there's only three or four non-conference games for these group of five teams. So no is the answer to the question. BYU would not have been in the New Year's Six. And I don't see how BYU ever will be because – if you stack up power fives, you're going to lose. And once you lose, that's the excuse that the committee has to eliminate you. It's not an indictment on BYU as a program as much as it is an indictment on the system itself. There are three three-loss teams in New Year's Six games. Think about that. That has never happened. Three different three-loss power five teams in the New Year's Six, yet undefeated Coastal Carolina is playing Liberty in the whatever, the Camellia Bowl on the 25th the or 26th, Bowl. the Cure Bowl, okay? It's crazy. They're not even trying. They ain't going to cure anything. And they, by they meaning the College Football Playoff Committee, they're not even trying to hide 
the fact that they are favoring power punch. <laughs> it's not even a mystery at all. It's like, yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and put these three loss teams in there. Uh, nice season, Coastal Carolina. It's really nice. I feel like Gary Barta, whether he wants it or not, has elevated himself into uh, the position of most hated man in American sports. I, I'm not kidding. Like, he took so much trash and has been taking so much trash, rightfully so, over the past month and a half since the CFP rankings came out from everyone. I mean, it's just been a, an absolute debacle what they are dealing with. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, BYU, maybe maybe the Cougars, because of the name brand, uh, had they beaten Coastal Carolina, they're number 10 in the final rankings of the college football playoff. But even that, Jerem, even if BYU is number 10 in those final rankings, clearly it doesn't guarantee that they would be in a New Year's Six game. So I think that the name brand of BYU is enough, had they finished undefeated, to be in the top 10 of those final rankings. But it's not enough to get in the good old boys club and receive an invite to a New Year's Six game. And there is something terribly wrong with that. The fact that Coastal Carolina is 11-0 and not in a New Year's Six game while three three-loss teams are is just wrong. The system is absolutely broken and something needs to be done about it. But what can be done about it? It feels like the group of fives and the independents have no solution. That there's, there is no answer moving forward, so what is it? Yeah, that's a good question. And people have said, hey, let's go, yeah, let's go back to the, uh, you know, the BCS with the computer numbers. I've said for a couple weeks now I wish there was some combination of that because I think there is value to the human eye and a discussion there, right? I, I think numbers can be a starting point, but we don't even know what the starting point is. The starting point is, well, if you're a Power 5 team, then we are going to get you in. Now, all of this is relative to the New Year's Six conversation. As it pertains to the playoff, no, that is definitely just going to be a Power 5 thing. And uh, I, I don't think BYU's ever got a shot at getting in that, and I don't think a Group of 5 team ever ha- really has a shot at that. Cincinnati has proven themselves worthy the last two and a half years, three years now, of being uh, in that conversation, yet they didn't get in. It's all about name, brand, and recognition. It's all about the tradition, the prestige, because Ohio State didn't have to play as many games. The Big Ten benefited by starting late. They got their team in the playoff because it's Ohio State. And if it would have been somebody else, maybe not. And so it's just frustrating. And I don't, I don't know that there's ever going to be an opportunity for BYU to be in a New Year's Six. Because how is BYU going to go undefeated, yet play the schedule tough enough to merit being in? How? I, ju- I just don't see how this is going to happen. And it is frustrating. And there are those that say, hey, break off and do your own group of five playoff thing. That is a bad idea to me. Because now you have done what the Power Five teams want anyway. Get away from us. Separate. We're going to involve you. You know what the cool kids want at the party? They don't want the nerds at the party, right? They just want to hang out with themselves and, and the so-called nerds. And we could argue, hey, these nerds uh, you know, are the, the Silicon Valley tech nerds making all the money. They're, they're still important and, and have value, of course. It's BYU and the group fives and whatnot. I don't know what the solution is, but I don't think it's going to be easily done. BYU just needs to win. They need to schedule competitively but still win as many games and then if the New Year's Six never happens, that's out of BYU's control. Jeremy, I know you remember this, but a few years back at the Video Music Awards hosted by MTV, Taylor Swift received Artist of the Year. And she's up there receiving her trophy, and it's all good. And then up comes Kanye West, and he's like, hey, 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 congratulations. 
But Beyonce was awesome. I feel like Gary Barda is Kanye West. Okay, here's Coastal Carolina and San Jose State. Gary Barda wishes he was Kanye West. Texas A&M, like, oh, they have the yeah. They, they we think that they deserve the award, so they're up there and they're smiling, they're happy. And then Gary Barda comes up, and is like, yo, no, man. Look at these other teams with three losses from Power Five cars. I'm sorry, you were good, but you weren't as cool as them. He he has worked his way into like public enemy number one for American sports fans, for college football fans, for sure. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're having this conversation that uh, an undefeated team doesn't have a shot, not just to not play in the college football playoff, but to not prove it against a Power Five team in a New Year's Six game. That's what I'm most disappointed about. I think about Coastal Carolina playing Georgia or North Carolina. That would have been epic you want to see okay are they for yes. real are they for real let's find out and is north and carolina they- a power a power football team i would argue no right they're like byu is in the same category like byu is a better football program than north carolina you know what i mean Jeremy, north so, carolina yeah, gary, lost to florida gary, state they lost to florida state gary bardo was the ad at wyoming from what oh three to six oh four to six like he he knows the byu sitch come on wyoming What's, what's, what's that dude in a barrel? The naked dude in a barrel? Is that Gary Barton now? <laughs> All right. Topic two. BYU Hoops beats number 18 San Diego State on the road by 10 Friday afternoon. Ah, oh, massive win. Unbelievable. Love it. Did the win over San Diego State solidify BYU's spot on the bubble? Yes. BYU is firmly on the bubble right now. In fact, according to Joe Lenardi, the Cougars are the second-to-last team out right now. At 7-2. and two. Beating Texas Southern and Weber State this week probably aren't going to help BYU much. But this, as you discussed on Friday with Jason Shepard, this now probably means BYU doesn't have to beat Gonzaga to get into the NCAA tournament. They can just handle their business against St. Mary's and San Francisco and the West Coast Conference. They've had a great non-conference season overall. Pepperdine's pretty good. San Francisco is clearly good. They've got one of the best wins and best upset wins all season long. So it's huge. BYU just needs to beat St. Mary's a time or two, San Francisco a time or two, and not lose any bad games, Jeremy. And I think that they're not just on the bubble, but they're going to be in the NCAA tournament because of the quality of that win. A road win against a previously unbeaten San Diego State, that win is going to hold true all season long. Yeah, BYU's definitely on the bubble, but this can change quickly, and we've seen this, where BYU can undo that win with a really bad loss. So hopefully BYU doesn't have that in league. I, I don't think BYU needs to run the table. Per, well, maybe, I don't know, needs to run the table in terms of if BYU doesn't beat Gonzaga, let's just assume they don't because this just in, Gonzaga's the number one team in the land. <laughs> if BYU gets one, that's incredible. If BYU can split with St. Mary's and then beat everybody else and, and end up with a 13-3 and conference record, you go with you assume BYU wins the next two, right? BYU would finish 22-5. and um, that feels like an NCAA tournament team in with the wins of San Diego State, St. John's, Utah, Utah State. You'd have a St. Mary's win in there. That feels like a tourney team. So the issue is non-St. Zaga again. Can BYU avoid a loss like that out on the road uh, you know, and at home? Can, can BYU avoid having too many games canceled? I, I'm a little worried, frankly. Like San Diego just paused activities. Gonzaga just coming out of pausing activities. BYU's been lucky. Not a single player has missed a single second of this year yet. Hopefully, BYU's good to go. And if BYU can finish 22-5, and 21-6, and 
Uh, by the way, team rankings give BYU, gives BYU a 77% chance of making the tourney. Yeah, yeah. BYU wins 22 games. So 22 to me feels pretty good. 21, you're probably in more of a 50-50 situation. So the 22 number that you point out, yeah, BYU, as we think, takes care of business against Texas Southern and Weber State this week. They go to 9-2 and two in non-conference, and they go 12-4 and four in West Coast Conference play. That puts BYU at 21 wins, but then there's the – West Coast Conference tournament situation. So if they get to 22 right, wins right. that way, then 77% chance they're in, that's pretty darn good. Like so, hey, hey, 9-2 yeah. and two non-conference, 12-4 and four in league play, and then win the first game of the West Coast Conference tournament right now, four out of five times, you're going to get into the bracket. And that's really favorable odds for BYU. I mean, one win. Isn't it crazy how one win like that can totally change the dynamic and future for yes. a team like BYU. And and one loss can do it, too. So that's where I'm saying, okay, that was amazing, awesome, but you have to avoid that that one loss as well. And isn't it gnarly that BYU is the being down 14 to nothing to Boise State away from being probably 10-1 and one in non-con, the one loss to USC? Where and ranked. BYU was just and ranked, overmatched. probably. And probably ranked. What? Uh, ranking in basketball is whatever. Uh, it's all about being a high seed in the tourney. But being ranked, as we found out last year, being ranked is fun, no doubt. All right, Jerem, let's move back to football for our question of the day. What is BYU football's path to making it to the college football playoff or even a New Year's huh. Six bowl game? Gary Barta was asked about it. He brought up BYU and said, hey, have the Cougars like, like, have teams like the Cougars play six Power 5 games and then we'll maybe think about including you. Let's hear what you think, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Todd and on Twitter. This year taught us that there is no path as an independent. Even undefeated, BYU never would have gotten in. If New Year's Six is the goal, BYU has to join a conference. Jerem, do you think that a conference affiliation is the only way for BYU to get into the New Year's Six? Yes. I do, but but I don't think that that's the end game for BYU. I think BYU values being on ESPN and having max TV money and being able to use BYU TV, frankly, um, and have shows like this. I think BYU values that more than they do the New Year Six. That's all or nothing, and that's going to happen maybe once if you know if BYU gets into a league. It'd be hard. In a couple of years, maybe we can look at joining the American uh, in football only. But right now, let's let's wait. Let's wait it out. Okay, coming up, is there still a shot for a BYU-Army game? Let's go. Plus, BYU senior safety Troy Warner, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan in Florida. How's life having fun in the sun? And what does he think of the challenge of facing a dynamic UCF offense? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU and UCF playing the Boca Raton Bowl tomorrow. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and myself from Provo and Boca Raton on Countdown to Kickoff at 6 Eastern time. We are live in multiple places. Of course, in Provo and Studio B, Jerem Jordan hanging out in Jupiter, Florida, just north of Florida Atlantic University and Boca Raton. Welcome back to the show on a Monday. Jerem, you've been a busy man. You landed and literally went right to work. Let's go. That's why we're here, right? Uh, I, I talked with Troy Warner and Tyler Algier, both of those coming up. But first, Troy Warner, 
He's leading the Cougars in interceptions this year with two. He had zero coming into this year, so two has been a good number for him in back-to-back games. And now he and that Cougar defense will be tested against UCF, one of the top offenses in the country. Here's my conversation with Troy Warner last night on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Troy. Bowl game experience, always supposed to be really fun. What's it been like for you so far as you guys arrived in South Florida? Yeah, it's uh, it's been really good. You know, coming from the freezing cold in Utah to, to coming to Florida and great weather. Uh, it feels great out here, and, and and the vibes are the vibes are good as well. So we're we're excited to be here. That's the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh my gosh, the warmth. Yeah. I expected that, but man, it feels good. You talked about the vibe. Give me a sense of the vibe of this team because a couple weeks ago it was Coastal Carolina. You guys bounced back nicely with San Diego State. And then it feels like you've kind of stayed in game mode since you only really had one day where you didn't know who you were going to play. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've been in game mode, uh, like you said, and, and everybody on this team knows that uh, it's going to be the last one for this, this specific group of guys. So each one of us just wants to play for the man next to us and, uh, and do everything we can, lay it all on the line, this game, and, and give it everything we got. So we're, we're uh, just grateful to be here. Take me back to last year's Hawaii Bowl, walking off the field, the disappointment of that loss, to a year later, and what we've all been through, but especially this team, and how you guys have made it a special season, despite of a pandemic and that loss in that bowl game, being motivated and having something special here. Yeah, uh, kind of like you said, just the disappoint, disappointment that we felt um, from the Hawaii Bowl and, and you know, just wanting to bounce back uh, this year um, and, and the fact that we've had such a great season, um, it's, it's just more motivation for us to just kind of finish off this season the right way, and, and that's what, that's what the, the goal is here. What has made this season so special? 10-1. and one. There's not a ton of BYU teams that have been able to say they've done those two things, 10 wins and just one loss. What has made this special? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, this season is just very unique in its own way, right? Just dealing with COVID um, and, and just all the adversity that we face this year. Um, obviously, this is a special group of guys, and, and everybody in the organization has done uh, their part in, in contributing to the success of the team. And, uh, yeah, I think – this, this season is definitely going to be one, you know, for me to remember and, and for a lot of people to remember just because of the way that it's, the way that it's gone and, and the success that we've had. So, When did you realize this team could be special? From the minute, from the minute we, we started practicing, you know, in spring ball, uh, even, even after the Hawaii game, I knew the, 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 the potential that we had, the, the amount of production that we had coming back, and, and just, uh, uh, just very, I felt very, very confident of just about the, the season and the task at hand that we had to, and the opportunity that presented itself. And, um, you know, just everybody on this team is, is hardworking and, and motivated just to be the best, their best selves. So we're, uh, uh, it's, been, it's been a fun year. It felt like last year you guys were close to something more than seven and six, right? Maybe it was nine wins. Maybe it was ten wins, right? Pulled off a couple – dramatic exciting overtime wins and and competed and whatnot did you feel like you guys were close to being able to do what you've done this year yeah absolutely I felt like we were you know very close and and it was a a matter of you know a few plays or just a few things that we needed to clean up um 
you know, last season that could put us exactly where we are this this year. And, uh, you know, I, I feel very confident going forward with with this this program and organization and and, uh, you know, the players that they have, the coaches and, and just basically everybody that's all um, doing their part in this program to make it make it great. And, and going forward, I feel very confident uh, for for BYU. There have been a lot of teams, Troy, that opted out of a bowl game, some of which said, ah, we're just burnt out, we're tired. I don't get the sense with this team, but will there be some relief when this is over where you don't have to test with COVID and everything as, as much, yet you want to cherish the time with your teammates? Yeah, like you said, that, that's the main thing, is, right, is just cherishing the, moment that, the moments that we have together. Um, I think every player and coach on this team uh, is focused on just – you know, sharing that last the, the last memories that we'll have on the field together uh, this coming Tuesday, and you know that's the only thing we're focused on. And and uh, we'll look back at this season and think about all the crazy things that we had to do just to play. But um, yeah, we're just we're very uh, very happy to be uh, to be here and have this opportunity. Let's talk UCF for a moment. Obviously, the offense is just incredible. Do you guys get excited at the opportunity of playing one of the best offenses in the country and getting a chance to contain them? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, from a defensive perspective, when I think UCF, I think about their electrifying offense, like you said, and uh, just what they're capable of doing, and and what that and the opportunity that presents uh, to us defensively. Uh, if it's just one of those things where you're excited, you get up and you're excited to uh, to have a, a great week of practice and, and prepare the right way, and then come game day, uh, just you know, just feel, uh, step up to the task and, and do everything you can to. Uh, showcase what you're capable of doing as a player and as a defense here. What impresses you about what the Knights do? Uh, honestly, everything. They're, they're a very uh, well-rounded unit. Um, they've got a lot of speed and athleticism uh, around the football, and, and you know, they do a lot, of, a lot of great things. So. Okay, let's finish with this as we hear your teammates behind you. Who's the best hang at the bowl game? And then who's the guy that's like all business? On the team, like player-wise, yes. Oh man, that's a that's a great question. I I couldn't tell you. I, I mean, Isaiah Kafusi, you know him. He's he's all business all the time. He's a he, you know he, he likes to get his do his thing and, and get the job done. So uh, he's probably one of those guys. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of a hard hard question to answer for you. I, I don't I don't quite know the answer to that. One. Is Kyle Griffiths like the tour guide here? Okay. The Floridian. You know what? That's that's an easy one. Kyle Griffiths for <laughs> he, he prides himself on on just being a, a Florida guy and you know being being from here. He likes to talk about it all the time, even when he's in Utah. So for sure, the tour guide. Ken Troy, is this your last game in the Cougar uniform? I guess we'll have to wait and see, man. I, the focus right now is on UCF, so we'll start there. Okay, well, if it is, it's been a fun run, and good luck Tuesday against the Knights. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Troy Warner on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Jerem, they're, they're happy to be there. They're happy to be in the warm weather, and I think that they're happy for the matchup considering everything that they watched transpire yesterday. Like, BYU's in a pretty good situation when you look at all the teams opting out and a bunch of other games getting canceled, it's, it's nice to have BYU in this type of game in a national spotlight, 7 Eastern. Like it, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, and ESPN's Bill Connolly says this is the fifth-best bowl game, period. Yeah. I mean, he, he, that includes the New Year's Six. Like, are you kidding me? 
so I, I love it. it. Listen, it is disappointing that BYU's not in New Year's Six. It's disappointing that BYU didn't finish undefeated. But that happened. It's over. Move on. So now BYU's in a game they've never played in, which is fun and unique. They're in some good weather, good spot. They're playing against a really good UCF team. I think people look and see 6-3, and three and they're like, oh, okay. Seven of the last eight UCF losses are by one score. This team is incredible. Like, Gary has its hands full. I know BYU is favored by seven, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, but this is going to be a tough game for the BYU defense. So Troy Warner and that group, like you talked about, it'll be a challenge for them. But uh, I think they're excited about going up against the best offense they will have seen all year. And keep this in mind, UCF has had a bunch of different high-level players opt out at different points throughout the season. And they're still the number two offense in the entire country. They've got some serious weaponry for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Okay, coming up, is Tyler Algier playing tomorrow? And will the Cougars light up the scoreboard? Plus, were the comments by Gary Barta a win or loss for BYU football? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. The 7-2 men's basketball team hosts Texas Southern tonight. Join us for Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Countdown to tip-off on BYU TV at 8.30. He is Jerem Jordan live from Boca Raton, technically Jupiter, Florida. I am Spencer Linton in Studio B, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem, take it away. When college football playoff uh, commissioner spokesman Gary Barta used uh, BYU's original schedule as an example of what a non-Power 5 team would have to play and win against as a way to catch the attention of the committee, is that a win or loss for BYU? It's a loss for BYU, and it's a loss for every other group of five and non-Power 5 team, Jerem. It just feels way too hard. If he points at that and says, yeah, go ahead and play six Power 5 teams, and not just any six Power 5 teams. These are high-level teams typically on BYU's schedule. Get through that with no losses or one loss. Then we'll consider you. That feels like a very, very tall mountain to climb for a team like BYU. So, yeah, it's interesting that he pointed the Cougars out, but ultimately this is a loss for all teams not in the good old boys club. Yeah, and he's talking about the playoff, I think, not the New Year's Six. So, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm kind of with him on, for the most part as it pertains to a four-team playoff. That's why I think an expanded playoff is probably merited. Eight teams would be a great start, right? Beyond that's kind of tough, but eight teams would be good. Let's go. Power five, you get all the champs in. Notre Dame if they're in, and then two or three at large. All right, Jerem. Our friends in the desert currently have BYU football as now a seven-point favorite with an over-under of 72 total points between UCF and BYU. Are those lines fair? I think the seven is. BYU's the ranked team here. But uh, I, I would think it's probably more like three and a half. And then the over-under of 72, to me that's low. I think it should be about 77, uh, like a 42-35 type game. Okay. I'm all right with the 72 considering that it initially started at like 66 or 67. So, yeah, uh, people are thinking that this is going to be a high-scoring game for sure. Seven-point favorite at first glance, I was like, whoa, that's pretty favorable for BYU considering the Cougars have never won a game in the state of Florida. They've had weird things happen there. 
But UCF is, uh, I wonder how motivated they are and at 6-3 and three and what personnel are they going to have? Because rumor has it that some more high-level guys are opting out and not going to play in the bowl game. So this all bodes well for BYU. And I haven't heard of any, and neither of you, uh, I believe, of any BYU players who have opted out. I think everybody's in. Uh, hashtag all in, right? Okay, Army finds itself without a bowl game. Should BYU try and play a second bowl game and reschedule Army uh, from week two? Yes, I love it. I wish you could be in the Independence, <clears throat> Independence Bowl, Jerem. Think about that. BYU and Army, two independents. They were originally scheduled to play on I get it. September 20 or September 19th, whatever it was, coming together because Army needs a game. They're 9-2. and two. Reward the cadets. They couldn't put Army in the Military Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl? Are you kidding me? Then 2-8 and eight South Carolina's in there? Yes. For Army to play a game, BYU, go and do it. Playing a second bowl game, make it December 31st or New Year's Day in the Independence Bowl. It would be fantastic. I fear BYU playing an option team with less time to again, which is what happened with Coastal Carolina. A second payout would be awesome. This is a fun idea. I don't think it's realistically going to happen. And again, when BYU didn't play a game the week of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was the issue. I think this, realistically, Christmas would be the issue. All right, Jerem, now to BYU basketball. The Cougars are 10 spots out of the brand-new AP Top 25 released this morning. They're 43rd in the John Rothstein Power 45 poll, one spot behind Boise State, San Diego State at number 22. What does BYU basketball need to do to solidify themselves closer to the top 30 mark? Top 30? Uh, probably be Gonzaga at least once and then not lose to anybody else but St. Mary's once. It's going to take a lot. I, I don't think that's the goal. I think top 40 is probably the goal for BYU to get in that like. Yeah, top 40 feels attainable, especially if BYU handles business against St. Mary's. And they could even split against St. Mary's, win at home. The Gales win on their home floor uh, and just not have a really bad loss. But top 30, they'd probably need to sweep St. Mary's, be competitive with Gonzaga, and not have any other bad losses. Okay, what was your reaction to Taysom Hill stiff-arming Daniel Sorensen to the ground yesterday? <laughs> there were mixed emotions for sure. Uh, advantage Taysom in that moment, but Daniel Sorensen goes home not just with the win, but then sends Taysom Hill a text message probably of his Super Bowl ring. So I don't think that Daniel feels all too bad about it. Yeah, I agree. Taysom won the moment. He wins most of those moments, uh, but Daniel Sorensen won. Which, by the way, speaking of the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes just a couple minutes ago tweeted hashtag new profile pic, and it's a picture of Andy Reid at BYU. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Oh, so good. There is, it is. Is there this the is. best avatar on Twitter? This is the best avatar on Twitter. The mustache, the hair, number 64, Andy <laughs> Reid. And that's the one and a half million followers, so that's pretty awesome. Oh, Coach Reid, repping the Y, whether he likes to or not in that scenario. <laughs> really good. Okay, uh, Jerem, how about this? The New York Jets beat the Los Angeles Rams and put your Seahawks in first place, baby. Incredible. But then there's the uh, tank for Trevor Lawrence situation. 
And now Jets fans are thinking, oh, no, did did we just forfeit Trevor Lawrence? And is Zach Wilson the next yes, CBS Sports did. has Zach Wilson going second overall to the New York Jets. What do you think about that? Dude, second? Second? Are you kidding me? This is unbelievable for Zach, who's around here somewhere. Um, wow. But the Jets suck. I don't want this. I don't want him to go to the Jets. Zach, come back for your senior year if that's the case. Go to the Falcons. Go to the 49ers. I would love for him to be Anybody mentored but by the Niners. Matt Ryan. But anybody you, but you the said that one of the best fits for him, as much as you wouldn't like rooting against him, it is. But anybody is the but San the Francisco Niners. 49ers. You take the Jets <laughs> over the 49ers? No, no, no. Not the Jets. Not the Browns. Not the Niners. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence now in position to go to Jacksonville, and then who knows after that. But Zach Wilson continues Dude. to climb draft boards. Crazy. Wow. Okay, coming up, prop pick recap and preview of the Boca Raton Bowl. Yes, let's have some more fun in Boca, including a one-on-one with Tyler Algier as BYU star running back ready to roll after sitting at the San Diego State game. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Images from the 1984 Holiday Bowl against Michigan. That is the 36th anniversary today of that game. What a game. BYU wins the Natty. Cougar pregame live tomorrow, 5 Eastern. Catch it on BYU Radio as Jason Shepard, who's not seen in the photo, of course, joins uh, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and eventually Greg Bell on the pregame coverage of that one. Jerem Jordan live from Jupiter, Florida, getting set for the Boca Raton Bowl tomorrow night. Jupiter and Saturn? And I'm in Jupiter today? (laughs) Are you kidding me? It makes perfect sense. I am Spencer Linton, not in Jupiter, but in Provo, Utah. Weather differential just a little bit. But, Jerem, all joking aside, it's good to have Tyler Algier back for BYU after he sat out against San Diego State. You wonder what the Cougars could have done offensively had he played against the Aztecs. I like BYU's chances with Mr. Algier against UCF. You had a chance to talk with him yesterday. Yeah, this season's been a revelation for him. Uh, and here's the conversation. You missed the San Diego State game. We expect you to play in the bowl game, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. That's awesome. How are you feeling? Um, and, and how do you feel about this situation with the bowl game? Uh, I'm feeling good. You know, just we're, we're all just grateful for it. Just playing, playing any bowl game, especially this one. You know, just grateful to have a game. You know, everyone's healthy and all that, so it should be fun. And South Florida in December never hurt anybody, right? Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, the San Diego State game. How difficult was it to miss that game, yet BYU responded in a nice way to get that win by uh, double digits? You know, it was for sure different, you know, not especially not being there, especially not even being on the field, just watching it on TV, but, you know, just being able to cheer them on and – still have them to have a lot of success all around, all around, you know, it was just, it was just fun, fun to watch them succeed. You know, we're 10 and one right now. So that's good. 10 and one. Like, can you reflect back on that and appreciate that even though you guys are focused on this game? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Just, just like who would have thought we would have even had, had the opportunity just to play just one game, but you know, we were just able to really just ball out and do our own thing and then now look at us now aiming for 11 and one, but you know just just grateful for the little things and coaches and staff and just the trainers that are all around a lot. Take me back to last year in the Hawaii Bowl. You're a walk on, 
BYU loses the game. It's disappointing. You guys are seven and six. Here we are now. You're ten and one. You're playing for a chance at eleven against UCF. What has it taken to get to this point for you and the team? You know, a lot of a lot of hard work, hard work, hard work, and dedication on the off season. You know, just especially coming from that hard loss against Hawaii. We can kind of compare that to Coastal Carolina, but that yeah, because those those ones hurt. But you know, just really just picking from that instead of going down, really just bringing that momentum and putting it up. I think was a big one for myself and especially the team. Certainly, after Coastal Carolina, you could have had a less motivated effort against San Diego State and perhaps even in this bowl game, right? Because you guys were playing for something bigger and better. Yet, I get the sense that this team is senior heavy and has good leadership to where you guys are still motivated and still have a sense of urgency. Is that the case? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, know, like you said, like, it, losing that Coastal Carolina game could have just brought us down, but you know we have a lot of leaders on the team, especially our seniors, that really just hey, forget about it, forget about it, on to the next. And that's that's what happened to us, and then that's what succeeded to send you game win. Okay, give me a sense of the opportunity that the offense has against UCF, because some of those numbers are a little deceiving, right? Because their defense plays way more plays than most teams because of the tempo. Yet it feels like, hey, there's a chance to score some points here. So what do you guys see on defense for UCF that you hope to take advantage of? Honestly, they're, they're a good defense, but, you know, they always have their, their little kinks in it that we can take care of, that we can take advantage of. But honestly, we just got to worry about doing our, doing our own thing, doing what BYU's offense has been doing, and that's just scoring, scoring points and just doing what we can do just to set the tempo. When you see UCF, I think of tempo, that word, right? They want to reel off a bunch of plays. Uh, the more plays you guys run, the more you score, too. So how does the offense for BYU sort of dictate the tempo, like you said, in this one, where UCF kind of likes to do that? Honestly, we're just going to – our coaches are just going to call it, just going to call it, you know, whatever happens, happens. But they trust us that we're just going to ball out and do our own thing like we practice because, you know, practice makes perfect and we expect to be perfect during the game. So it's not often that a kid that gets a scholarship then gets 1,000 yards the next season. I think that's probably a rare feat, yet you're coming up on that. What would that mean to you to get over 1,000 yards this season in this game? No, for sure, uh, a big milestone milestone step. Honestly, so like, it just comes down to gratitude. Gratitude, like I said, just who would have thought we would have been in this position, and then especially me being in this position, we got a scholarship last season, and then, and then just, uh, I guess, almost breaking the 1,000. But all of my success could have been during the off season or without the offensive line and just offense in general. So all my credit goes to them. Is this bowl experience going to be weird? Well, everything's weird with COVID, right? But with fewer activities and whatnot? Or do you kind of like that where you can just focus on the game a little more? Mm, it's both. Both. I would say... I, like, I kind of like the, the fewer week, fewer week, because you, like you said, you focus on the game, a little less, more distractions, and just, uh, yeah. Well, Tyler, we're very excited about this bowl game. You guys have a chance at the 11. Best of luck against UCF, and thanks for the time, man. Oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Tyler Algier on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Here's a look at the numbers for Tyler Algier. Rather, 957 yards, Jeremy. Again, 
he'd be over a thousand had he played against San Diego State. Yeah, for sure. And really impressive what he's done. The most impressive thing, 7.3 yards per carry. The student was a walk-on and not a full-time running back, and now he's going to have the most yards per carry, second to Luke Staley's Doak Walker award-winning 2001. Are you kidding me? And by the way, yeah, you see he just needs 43 yards to be the 16th, have the 16th 1,000-yard season in BYU history. If he gets three touchdowns today, that'll be second in a season ever. So just a, just a standout year for Tyler Algier, who has, has a chance at uh, an, you know, an NFL career, given these numbers, if he can kind of maintain that next two years. He's a sophomore, bro. BYU returns all the skill position guys except for Zach Wilson, you'd think, unless he sees the Jets and then wants to stay, <laughs> like we're joking. But exciting things for the BYU offense next year as well. Yeah, for sure. And you wonder how many of these guys that have an opportunity to come back will take that extra opportunity as we uh, heard from Troy Warner. So it's going to be a very interesting offseason, to say the least. Yeah, and that starts Wednesday. What's the mass exodus like? We'll find out. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Shoutout. Plus, prop picks results from Friday. Blaine Fowler chose for me. Didn't do me much uh, good. Plus, we pick for today. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. I told you to mail it in. BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. I'm Spencer Linton in Provo, Utah. Jerem Jordan in sunny Jupiter, Florida. Or you can download the podcast, always on demand as well. Subscribe, review, and rate, whatever order you want there. Here are our prop pick recaps from the BYU men's basketball against San Diego State. And, of course, our picks for the upcoming game with Texas Southern tonight, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Let's recap first. Will BYU score more or fewer than 65 points against San Diego State? Jeremy, you're on the board early because BYU scored 72. That's a season high given up by the Aztecs. Blaine said less than 65. For the record, I never would have picked fewer than 65 points, but it's the risk I run with Blaine picking for me. It- it made sense. Uh, San Diego State was giving up like 55 a game or something. So, yeah, I just went with more. Okay, number two, who will be the game's second-leading scorer? I said Alex Marcello. That was correct because Matt Mitchell had 35. He was unstoppable. He was like Spencer Linton at Northridge. <laughs> yes, Blaine said Matt Mitchell, and unfortunately he uh, he went crazy. You're up 2 nothing right now. Thanks, Blaine. Number three. Battle of the BYU Bigs. Which BYU big man, Matt Harms, Richard Harward, Caleb Lohner, or Colby Lee, will have the greatest number of points, rebounds, blocks, and assists? And call it Parb. Parb. Finally, Blaine got me on the board with a point as Matt Harms led the BYU Bigs. 19 combined points between points, rebounds, blocks, and assists. You went with Harward. It's called Parb. Yes. Yes, it is. B-A-R-B. All right, so with your 2-1 to lead going into today's game, Let's take a look at what we're uh, looking at today. Who will get the first bucket of the game for BYU, Jerem? I'm going with the man that's been Mr. Consistency for the Cougars, and that's Alex Barcelo. I'm going with Colby Lee. I think uh, he'll get one of his patented jump uh, floats, and uh, it'll go in, baby. Yes. Little, little jump root beer float. The, the, the quick shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, number two. How many different BYU basketball players will score in double figures? And I want to say like six, but I'm going to cut that in half and go with three. 
The Wendy's four for four. Ooh, okay. It's Texas Southern. It's going to be a blowout. There's going to be four dudes. But what if somebody goes for like 30, right? But what if a volcano erupts right here? (laughs) What if? Come on. (laughs) Number three, will Alex Barcelo have more three-point attempts, rebounds, or assists? He's averaging right around four to four and a half in all three of those categories. I say rebounds, Jim. Real? Okay, so you go to assists. I think he's going to distribute more. I just think uh, Texas Southern is going to miss a bunch of shots, which will create for more rebounding opportunities. We'll see. Uh, either way, Alex Barcelo should have a good game sharing and scoring the basketball. Our question of the day, back to football now. What is BYU football's path to making it to the college football playoff or a New Year's Six bowl game? This all based on what we saw come to fruition yesterday. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Stephen.WhatsUp on Instagram. Says, with the amazing schedules BYU gets from Tom Homo, a one-loss team, hopefully, will make a New Year's Six in future years. Hashtag BYUSN. I don't believe that would ever happen. Is that enough? Is that enough with a harder the schedule, commi- one the committee's loss? Not re- no, no, I, I just don't think so. I, I would like to think so, but no. The committee's not going to give any non-Power 5 team, not named Notre Dame, anything. It just, come on. Makes you wonder what's better, uh, scheduling tougher and hoping to go 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one or scheduling easier, going undefeated, and then being disappointed in the end anyway. <laughs> I like winning. <laughs> it is fun. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Jeremy, you're up first. Mine goes to warm weather. BYU played against San Diego State in like 16 degrees. Now they're going to play in like 75 degrees tomorrow night. That's pretty awesome. Plus, the 129th anniversary of basketball being invented today. Thank you, Dr. James Naismith, for that game. My rise and shout-out goes to a man who coaches BYU basketball, Mark Pope. His enthusiasm, his energy after BYU beat San Diego State, got a lot of national notoriety just for being himself, celebrating on the court. Best locker room in America. Really fun to watch him uh, do his thing and and not have to put it. That's just who he is, so I love it. Our thanks to today's guests, Troy Warner and Tyler Algier of BYU Football. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, we ran out of time. Conversation continues online. <laughs> For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Jeff Chapman. See you tomorrow.